Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, DC, you got it. A-Dub, what's a good word with you, man? Man, everything good. Press got a chance to finish watching the horror they fall. Nothing I'm good. Oh, man, how was that? It's a good movie, man. You know, Jay-Z produced it. It was a pretty good movie. I still got to check that out. I heard a lot of people talking about that. DC, what's good with you, man? Nothing much, not much. Just uh, tried out one of these uh, Zoa energy drinks. You know, The Rock, he's got an energy drink out. So I was at a gas station. I said, you know, let me, let me try one of these. <laughs> natural energy. So I'm like, you know what? I, 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 smell, I smell what he's cooking there. I mean, it's some, some good stuff. Some good stuff. How much was that thing? We don't want to give out no free advertising to The Rock, but if you want us to sponsor that shit, Rock, holler at your boys. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us That's up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, two for five. It hit you with a little two for five special, you know. It's, but it's, 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 it's good. It's got a good flavor. It's not, um, it's not like some of these other ones kind of leave that aluminum taste in your mouth. Like, it's just, just real hard, overpowering. This one is pretty smooth. So, D.C., I've been driving all fucking week, man. I've had to get all the way out to, I've been out to Michigan. I've been out to Wisconsin this week for work. I don't know how you do it, man. All that time you spent in the car, my brother, I was just ready. I was like, man, I do not want to be in the car anymore. Like, I was looking at it today. Somebody was like, hey, you want to go pick something up from the store? I'm like, nope. If it requires me driving, I'm not doing it. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Friday when uh, Debo was like, you want some of this two old man? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that is my sentiment, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's it gets rough, man. So, I mean, so if it's you know, if it's anybody out here listening that wants to offer up any personal masseuse services, you know, by all means, you know, brother could use a back rub every now and then, but uh. Listen to this man over here trying to hustle back rubs. I see you. Looking out for himself, though. (laughs) I need a five-star back rub every now and then. That's all. (laughs) Your ass. (laughs) Well, audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Please join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app is available on Apple and Android. Fellas, I got to get your thoughts on this Blackhawks situation. We hadn't talked about it because I wanted to dust the settle a little bit on the situation everyone was talking about. It's such a hot-button topic. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on this situation because in my mind, when I hear what happened with Kyle and what happened between Kyle and that coach on the Blackhawks staff back in 2010, man, dude, it just had me just really shaking my head how 
that whole organization from top to bottom prioritized winning over the safety and really much the mental health of one of their players. So I just wanted to get you guys a thought on that situation. This is one of those situations where, you know, I really look at this really hard, cold, deeply. And they, the Blackhawks dropped the ball with the Prez. They dropped the ball big time. You're right. They didn't want the distractions, Prez, during the time frame where they're trying to go for a championship. And it came back and hurt them, man. And as you know, Prez, I've been in HR for many years, man. I take these things very serious when there's issues like this here, when it comes down to someone, you know, when it comes down to discrimination, when it comes down to, you know, harassment, all these kind of things are important. And you take those things priority over anything else. The fact that they knew about this here, Prez, and held on to it, lets you know that that is a shame on the organization for handling it that way. So let me ask you, uh, A-Dub, because yes, yeah, you have that long history in, in HR. So you don't even have to talk about a personal situation, but how, if you were in this situation here with the Blackhawks and the way that that thing happened, how would you have handled that? Because you'd already know that they handled that shit piss poor. Very badly. Once they found out someone feeling uncomfortable like that in the work environment press, it should have been escalated to the HR department right away. And then let the HR department do an investigation on it. At that point, they probably would have sent the guy home and say, look, don't say anything, send him home, get him out the way, get the coaching out the way. And then also talk and do the investigation around that part of it and then keep it moving. But at the end of the day, no way in hell, the guy's supposed to still be working under those circumstances. Yeah, for me, the whole situation is just disgusting. You know, it leaves a leaves a bad taste in anyone's mouth, you know. And to Adub's point, you understand why they didn't want it to disrupt chemistry and you know the good vibes that they had going around the team. But, I mean, for it to come out, what, 11 years later, and now you see guys like Coach Q stepping down in other places and just, you know, the, the admittance of, of the guilt and the shame afterwards. They, they knew they were wrong. So, you know, again, yeah, you, you handle that when it happens. You know, you address that. And if you want to be a world-class organization, a first-class organization, you take the necessary steps to make sure things like that do not happen. Yeah, and that's the way I saw it as well, too, because the thing for me when I saw the situation, and I read through that 107-page report that was out there, and that report was detailed, but I had to take moments from reading it to kind of walk away because it was just pissing me off. And right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I'm like a diehard Blackhawks fan, but I've followed the team over the years. But I lost a lot of respect for a lot of the key people that were involved there. McDonough, Coach Q, because mm -hmm. these guys all knew what was going on here and they wanted to kick the can down the road. You don't kick the can down the road when someone on your team has been sexually assaulted. You just don't do that. When the player on the team went to one of the skills coaches and said, hey, this is what happened to me by this coach. This guy blamed him for it and said, no, you did this to yourself. You were the reason why this happened to you. And sent him on his way. The whole situation just stunk to high hell. To me, I feel like Blackhawks fans, you kind of have to look at that 2010 Stanley Cup a little differently because of the things that were going on that no one knew about until now when this player had to file that lawsuit. No, you hit right on the head, Prez. That sexual assault, man, was gone to a whole other level. And then, like you mentioned about how the other coach treated him as well, Prez, with that kind of disrespect, to me, the culture is a major problem. That 2010 culture was not right, Chris, at all. And that's the kind of thing you look at, not only about the championship, good, you're going that far, but it's terrible the fact that someone got to go through a process like that 
when you win. That pretty much brings a big shadow, a big cloud over that 2010 season altogether. It's something got to do a better job for, man. It's going to take a while for that to heal. Yeah, I'm glad you said culture, A-Dub, because a lot of people think that winning cures all ills. You know, if you're winning, you could sweep anything under the rug and it's okay. Winning cures it all. No, the hell it does not. And you can't sacrifice someone's mental health and just their livelihood from dealing with something like that because you want to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, sports are sports, but, you know, people's humanity are valuable a little bit more than than sports. It it should be in this situation it wasn't because these guys were all fixated on that Stanley Cup. And that's the problem because they viewed the situation as a distraction. You can't view something like this as a distraction. This shit happened. This is a, a this is a part of life. And life happens and sometimes things come at you fast. And to the point that you were making a dub earlier, as an organization, you have to get in front of these things because if you don't get in front of these things and when investigations happen, and look at them now. They got embarrassed. They had to pay a two million dollar fine. The GM had to fucking resign. There's all types of things that are gonna be coming. The fallout for this thing is gonna be. It's going to be a lot that's going to continue to happen with this team. And a lot of fans have said it's been complicated for them to even cheer for this team based on some of the stuff that happened. So it's tough when you look at the report and you look at everything that happened back then. Yeah, they got to accept the consequences on this, Perez. It's their fault. They caused it to happen, Perez. They got to take full ownership of this year. And they owe the fans, everyone that followed this team, a huge apology and much, much, much more. Shit, not only the fans, but they owe that to Kyle as well. They owe him the deepest yeah. of apologies because Big they time. failed him. They failed him. Big time. Yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna apologize and 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 clean up this organization, I mentioned it on the last episode, it's an expression called clean house. You better make sure that house is spotless, you know, because you don't want the next generation of young hockey players to even think about you know, or what if I get drafted to the Blackhawks organization? You know what I mean? Like that, you don't, you don't even want that thought to even linger in the head of a, a young prospect. No, that's a, that's a very fair point. But I would say this, man, when I look at this franchise, I feel like they're in just this weird limbo because they still got good players at the top of the roster, Kane and Taves and so forth. But you saw where the coach got fired. So Collison's gone. And he seemed like a kind of an ill fit anyway when you looked at it because when he came in here, he was replacing Q. Coach Q is a legend in the game. He was coming in after that. I kind of felt like, guys, when they hired this guy, he was in a position of, I mean, what you going to do? You hire him, you coming in after a Hall of Fame coach. It's like a recipe for disaster because they set you (laughs) up in that moment. What you going to do? You can't can't (laughs) surpass what Coach Q did here. Coach Q won three titles. (laughs) <laughs> right friends those are some big shoes to fill man and um i'm with you i think you kind of was a little bit for failure man it's unfortunate to see it happen this way but it is what it is you never had a fair chance yeah he got the tim floyd treatment you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he had no shot of of uh succeeding so yeah that's that's a tough act to follow you know coach q his like you said hall of famer you know his ability to uh, to lead a team was unquestioned. I expected nothing more from from what he delivered in his coaching performance, <laughs> and and it wasn't much as as indicated by his losing record this year. 
Yeah, he also had a poor system because I got a lot of buddies that that watch hockey, and uh, there's been a couple times that I've met up with some of my buddies, and the Hawks game was on. And you know, like I said, I'm a casual hockey fan, but I was like looking at the way they were playing. I'm like, they didn't play like this on the queue. I was like, why did the defensemen always look like they chasing after people? And they're like, oh, don't <laughs> even get me started. That's his system. That's how they play now. And I'm like, no wonder they fucking losing. This shit's awful. <laughs> shit. They so, look bad. It did. And the fans, I'm telling you, they was booing the shit out of him. I was like, ooh-wee, I don't never remember the fans booing like that. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that Matt Nagy out there? Who they booing like that? <laughs> you know, uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Faye probably weren't too much of a fan of his system either. So I'm pretty sure they're happy now with, uh, uh, you know, with, with the with the move that they made. But see, the problem with that, D.C., is the fact that you're ruining years of Patrick Kane's, uh, his prime. This guy right here, he's a wizard, but he's getting older. Same thing with Taves. Taves didn't even play last season. So we have a coach in here with a bad system. That's just years and years of these guys' careers that you are going to get back. Now, I will give Colleton a little bit of bail here and the fact that he didn't coach in a normal season. Because think about it. He's coaching this team. He came in, like, in the middle of the year when he got hired. But then also... Yeah. He coached these COVID type of seasons, you know, so things really are kind of weird. So I feel like that part, I give him a little bit of bill, but at the end of the day, hey, it's a results-oriented business. There you go, Prince. If you don't get the results, hey, the first person to go is the coach. You know how they go. Got to talk about this next thing with y'all, man. And this is something that we haven't really touched on in a while. We, we briefly talked about Scottie Pippen early in the summer when he was making some of his comments, when he was trying to sell his book, when he's trying to sell that bourbon, whatever the hell it is, I don't even care. But, <laughs> but I got to get you guys' points on Scottie Pippen because he made a take, or it was a take that he made. He, he was on an interview this week, and he basically almost kind of mocked the flu game. And any loyal Chicago Bulls fan, when you think of the dynasty years with the Chicago Bulls, probably one of the most epic images in your head is Michael Jordan being carried off the court and he's sick and Scotty's kind of like holding him up. That's something that's always been etched in my mind. So then when Scotty's making his little comments, he kind of threw some shade at it and said that, hey, I was playing with a bad back. It almost made it seem like he thought a bad back supersedes somebody that's playing with the flu. So fellas, talk to him. Man, look, you know Scotty looking to sell that book, man. Scotty's saying he think he can to sell that book. And I ain't mad if he want to sell his book, do what you're doing. But compare your back to that flu game, you know, uh, or the pizza gate, we want to call it, when you had the bad pizza, we might call it. That's unfortunate, the fact that we even got to go this route. I'm not going to compare it to either one. You know, Scotty, when you play with the bad back, we know you couldn't go. You only lasted, what, 25 minutes and got eight points. Mike, you know, did a legendary thing with the flu. So, but man, you don't need to go this route, Scotty. It's unnecessary, in my opinion. My question is, where was this in the last dance? Mm. I I get he has to sell this book. But was that left on the cutting room floor? These particular opinions of the flu game not being as severe as a bad back? Because I don't recall him talking about how bad his back was during the last dance. I don't recall that. That's a good point. Because I was wondering that too, DC. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth because I was like, Scotty, if that's what you felt, how could you have said that at the time when y'all recorded that you said, listen, I took one for the team. I was out there with the bad back because what did he say? He said if this series would have went one more game, he wouldn't have been able to play he in the next make game. Right, right, right. So why did you say that in the last dance? I thought that would have been compelling to hear that. 
but you didn't say it. <laughs> no, he ain't saying prayers. Scotty Pippen been working on the backup plan <laughs> for a while now, man. Ever since the last dance came out, friends, he's been sitting back plot, bro. What can I say, right? <laughs> what can I say to counter anything that was said in the last days? What can I say to counter all that? That dude, because think about it, he came with all the stuff he came with, right? The flu game we talked about, we talked about Phil Jackson. I mean, he's just been going down the line talking about things, man. So it's like, Scotty, come on, man. This is what you're doing right now. You're using everything that's been shared already, and you came up with a, ca- a game plan to counter all that. Scotty out here like a bitter ass ex. He just won't go away. <laughs> Right. And and the thing is, too, Scotty is a legend in Chicago. But what is he really? I mean, Scotty, if you're after money, why don't you just do this pro wrestling WWE style, grab the mic, challenge MJ, challenge the GOAT, halftime, all-star game, put some money on the line, go one-on-one, settle your issues in the arena, settle them on the court. Come on, man. You saying you as great as Mike was? Please. I mean, you know. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. It's jealousy, man. It's definitely jealousy, man, because you got to think about it. He sat back and saw, and okay, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the last dance, it was great, man, but you know it was kind of slanted towards Mike. Whatever. I still like it. Right, I still, right, right. I didn't care about that. But you could tell Scotty feels some kind of way about that because even Horace had a problem with the way he was portrayed. So a lot of these guys are sulking about the last dance, but I think they got to get over it because Michael, not to take anything away from some of these guys, but dude, Michael, man, made y'all rich beyond imagination. Why can't y'all just be cool in the fact that you are a part of one of the greatest NBA teams in history? Why we got to do all this bullshit? You take it away from it. Scotty got to think about it. A lot of things, like you said, first came to him, a lot of accolades and all those different things came to him, even endorsements. Part of the reason, probably because he played with Michael Jordan. Right. with Chicago. A lot of things have to break for us. Championships, all that. So, yeah, you got you in a, you may have got your endorsement with Nike due to that. So, chill out, Scotty, man. Relax on this, bro. Relax. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Scotty sitting on the bench when Michael was retired and Scotty was wearing MJ's shoes, pointing yeah. at the camera like, come on back? Yeah. Like, what's, yeah. like come on. So, where's all of this? These are mixed signals. These mixed emotions. I mean, Scotty needs a therapist rather than book sales at this point. <laughs> come on now. Well, I think, and this is a point that A-Dub brought up in the summer. I think Scotty's got a lot that's going on, man. He's got a lot of personal things going on. I'm not going to dare speak to that on the show. But what I will say is it might have a little bit to do with that, but it also may have a little bit to do with the fact that he's trying to drum up some controversy to sell that book. And it's unfortunate, though, that you will risk your legacy in this town by taking shots at Jordan. Jordan is one of those people, you can't touch that. That man has that statue inside that stadium, outside that stadium. I don't know where it's at right now. But the point of the matter is, you ain't touching Jordan. So you might as well just stop making little comments. Because Mikey said nothing yet. Because he don't have to. He don't have to. You're right, Perez, because he has fans. He got fans like us who are coming back him up. Michael got a defense team. Us fans who enjoy what Michael did and appreciate what he done for the Chicago Bulls. But on the other hand, the name Michael Jordan sales, whether it's good or bad, right? You start making comparisons or whatever, the name Michael Jordan just sales. So the fact that Scotty put Michael Jordan's name in the book, he had no choice he wanted to sell that book for his because his popularity is nowhere near Michael Jordan. So to get some eyes on it, to get people thinking about the book, Michael Jordan's name had to come out somewhere. Controversy sales. Yes, sir.
it's it's disappointing that this man is in his fifties doing all of this. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. That's, <laughs> like that's he's a, in his fifties. That's, that's a fair like point. Like I said, if it's if it's really about money, just just challenge Mike. Put a hundred mil on the line. You know Mike got it. You're like, look, let me take you one on one, first to ten. Bust you on the court. I get that hundred mil. All your problems will <laughs> be solved. Yeah, but Mike got it, but Duscotti got that hundred mil. Right. <laughs> right. He made some bad business investments in the past, you know, but you know, he ain't got it like that, bro. <laughs> Scotty will have a GoFundMe real quick. He'll yeah. kill me. <laughs> oh shit, y'all stupid. But no, man, I mean when I looked at that situation, and y'all know how I feel in general about brothers out here beefing and going at each other. I just don't like right. it, man. Y'all were teammates brothers in my opinion because y'all went to war together and the way that i look at that is that supersedes any sort of petty beef we all work together here building this network hey we ain't always gonna see eye to eye on every aspect of things but man at least i can sit down and chop it up with y'all and we can find common ground these brothers right. need to sit down mainly scotty because mike don't seem like he got no problems with you scotty scotty it seemed like you got the beef call that man up That's take that bourbon do. over there and have a drink with him <laughs> right take that drink over there man chop it up with him and sell the beef man that's a one-sided shit man you ever see one of those situations where one person's mad at somebody and the other person ain't thinking about them that's what this shit is it's crazy yeah, this this is this is the definition of petty and and scotty knows better he's 50 plus come on man you know better yeah i'm what, with you guys there what, what did you always say dc i expect more from adults there you always, go always always yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about with Scotty right now. But we go, we go, we go. Turn the page on Scotty and his pettiness. Scotty, just do better, man. Do better. And I'm sure there's gonna be a ton of people that's gonna buy your book. I'm not, but I wish you well with the book and the bourbon and all that. But I just don't like the way that you went about this. Now he's still a legend. You got some fans out here that's like take his jersey down out the rafters. I ain't doing that far with it. But I'm just kind of looking at the man sideways right now. But we gonna turn the page. I wanted to discuss with you guys the Windy City Bulls. So over the weekend, they got their first win. They also lost, but they split the series with the Mad Ants. And I want to get you guys' thoughts on that team because the Chicago Bulls' very own Kobe White was assigned to practice with them, and I heard he lit it up in practice. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on the Windy City Bulls and how they performed over the weekend. I was impressed. I, I, I came away very impressed, especially – uh, by by Marco Simonovic, uh, who, you know, again, if, if you guys haven't checked it out out there, uh, Prez sat down with uh, with Marco. Uh, excellent job, Prez, by the way, on that interview, getting his thoughts on, you know, coming over to Chicago, playing with the Bulls. But, man. Appreciate it, man. These guys hustled. I was impressed. Daniel Oturu, mm. inside out. That man, he came to play. Just He was in his bag out in Fort Wayne and uh, Alford, man, Devin Dotson, you know, these guys just didn't quit. They were a little shaky at the end, kind of let them let, let Fort Wayne get back into the game a little bit. But again, they, you know, they, they were able to, to, you know, close out strong. So, so very, very good job. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Oturu, I was kind of upset when he didn't make the, the Bulls team, you know, coming out, out of camp. That dude was a load. Man. He was a double, double all weekend, bro. I like him, man. One thing I see in this game that I like, like you said, is the fact that sometimes he can play bully ball. He's too short, mm-hmm. too small, whatever. I bully down the paint, man. And then these guys pick up some nice offensive rebounds as well, Perez. So this guy, man, would go and get it. He can shoot it as well. But yeah, man, he's like you all said, inside-outside game. 
you know, what you like about the guy. He went back and talked about Marco. Man, Marco can play. The dude makes good passes. I mean, he plays smart on the court. I mean, he played big as well for us in that game that we won. I mean, the guy got a lot of offensive rebounds, getting putbacks and things like that. But he also made good, smart decisions, knew when to take shots and when not to do it. Um, so, yeah, I like that IQ part of his game. And then you hit on with Devin Dotson. I mean, he can run that point, do that screen and roll very well, make good passes off that. He can also put the ball in the, in the cup itself. So you kind of like this team here, man. They play hard, and they actually execute down the stretch. To piggyback off of uh, DC's point about the sit-down that I did with Marco, that was one of the things that he sat down and discussed with me. He talked about the fact of the job that he is tasked with doing on his team. He said, look, I'm a playmaker, but however, on this team, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help the guys around me. So he said, if I have to do the dirty plays, get the rebounds, the putbacks, and run the floor, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what you saw him do in those first two games. And I'm very excited about his future with this organization. Even Coach said, this guy right here has all the tools to be a great pro. That's high praise, too. And that's what you want. When you think about some of the guys that have made a mark in this league, um, they, you know, especially like coming from that G League route, you know, they're, they, they stick. You know, the G League is producing sticky players in terms of, you know, they're developing their game. They're, you know, they've got those tools. And then once they make it up to the NBA roster, they don't go back. They find a place in this league. So for Marco being a big, and again, you know, he's he's mentored by by Nikola Vucevic. I have my own theory that, you know, maybe with Marco not being around the team, maybe that's, you know, been a reason for Vuce, you know, being off, having his game off a little bit because he's got, you know, a fellow countryman traveling with him, you know, like I'm sh- pretty sure that that helped Vuce out just on a daily basis, but it's really helping Marco out too. So I can't wait for Marco to get back around the team and, and, you know, just to further develop that chemistry with his teammates, especially Booch and, and, and some of the other guys. And to that point, uh, DC audience, if you guys haven't checked out that interview that I did with uh, Marco, check it out because he definitely focused and talked about that relationship that he has with Vooch and Vooch's impact on him and his career. But guys, as we're gearing up for the home opener for the Windy City Bulls, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the fact that Kobe White, as I mentioned earlier, showed up to practice. I heard he was cooking dudes out there. It seems like he's nearing a return. How are you guys feeling about that? On the last episode, we all kind of gave our thoughts about what his role would be as he comes back to this team. But now that it seems like it's becoming more and more of a reality, how are we feeling, man? Because I think, man, he's going to add a needed dimension to this team once he gets back in that lineup. Man, I can't wait to see him come back for his because I think this kid is, to me, it's kind of like instant offense, man. He comes in, he can score quickly. He loved that up-and-down, high-tempo type game, man. And it fits him very well. And I'll tell you, man, if he comes in and give us a boost like that offensively, that'll be fantastic for us. We know he can score. So now he can do it in a different situation that can pretty much be impactful on the game. Kobe White's offense, it reminds me of, we talk about, the microwave Vinny Johnson. We talk about guys like that. Just like like you said, the instant, you know, like just heat up real quick. You know, last time we had a guy from North Carolina come in, his nickname was Air. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, this guy that came in, Kobe White from, from North Carolina, he's the Air Fryer. He's just coming in with that crispy, fresh, just, just instant, instant heat, you know, <laughs> and that's what this team needs right now. You need a guy that's just going to come in and just shoot the rock, just shoot it 
just lights out, you know, and, and that's what he's capable of doing in spurts. And we saw Billy Donovan say, hey, you know, we're going to ease him back into this into this rotation. So perfect, perfect. Let, let Kobe get acclimated. Let him going down to the Windy City Bulls practice, and that was great. That's 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 great. That's exactly how you progress uh, a guy like Kobe White. But once he gets in there, man, he is just gonna light light the UC up. And I thought that's really what the power of this league is. Not only for the guys on that Windy City Bulls team to be able to have that affiliation with the big team, but then also for the big team to be able to have a, a tool there of hey. They wanted to get Kobe White some live action against some NBA players, and they have that affiliate to be able to do so with, right? But also, think about that experience that those guys on that G League team are going to have now from having a NBA high-level talent of Kobe White mixing it up with them going five-on-five. That's something that they're going to be able to take and build off of as they go forward. I mean, Devin Dotson, Ethan Thompson, they should love that, man. Get an opportunity to go up against them and learn a couple things from them. Yeah, let's not forget how quick Kobe White is, too. Quick, quick first step. And Chris, I believe you mentioned it uh, on the last episode. So when you just add that element to this team, our guys, Devon Dotson, and they're just, it's perfect how the affiliation works uh, with the Chicago Bulls, Windy City Bulls, because everybody's learning from each other. We will be there live at the home opener. We'll be sitting there with the media team. We'll be covering that matchup audience. So definitely keep your eyes open because we're going to be having content, whether it's pregame, postgame interviews. We'll probably get some video out on the Chicago State of Mind Twitter feed. But we're going to be in the building, and we're very excited because this team here, they got a lot of good young talent, and it's exciting. And I can't wait to see how they perform at home on next Wednesday. And again, Press, congratulations on that interview, bro. That was awesome. Hey, Great job. It's just the beginning, man. It's just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we talked about Kobe White nearing and being very close to his return, as he said, very soon or really soon. So now that gives us something to look forward to. But audience, I want to kind of scale back here, and we want to talk through how the Bulls have performed as of late. So guys, the Sixers game. Now, we thought that was going to be a nice little revenge game for us, and the the Sixers ended up taking it to us. What was your thoughts in that game? Because when I watched that one, I just saw Joel and B just play bully ball down low. Yeah, my thoughts on that game there, Perez, is this is why I really thought the Bulls made a mistake in that game is that we played to their strengths. We played in that tempo, that their pace to the game, that all fits in B. And I'm like, come on, let's get back to playing Bulls basketball. Speed up the pace. Let's get scrappy on the defensive side. And we didn't do that. In a matchup like that, um, Philly, especially being shorthanded, they stuck to their game plan. Mm-hmm. And the Bulls were just trying to adjust to, to what they did uh, every step of the way. With a guy like Embiid, you've got to wear him down. You've got to run. Like, like that's, like, point blank. You, 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 can't, you can't just let him dominate like that. You know, it, and, and it, was, it was laughable. Because you saw he was taunting us at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, like, sure and, and we don't forget that. We don't forget that. So so next time we 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 play Philly, man, I fully expect the Bulls to, you know, put on the put on the track shoes. You know, just like do not let these guys uh, you know, back and, and you know what? Not enough post play too. That was enough, that was enough. Like if they want to play the post up game, Zach, Damar, you can take advantage of of, of cork mines, you could take advantage 
of uh, of some of these guys in the post. Like, wh- where was that at? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so now you guys both, man, I love it when y'all start cooking like this. A-Dub, you talked about the fact of us not taking advantage of this matchup. They were playing with only three guys on their fucking bench. We're a deep team. We should have ran those motherfuckers off that court. We did not do that. DC, the point that you made about Corkmas, that motherfucker was hitting threes. He probably still hitting threes on us right now. <laughs> right. Right. In his sleep. In his sleep. But no, but I, I like the fact of the point of what you made with Embiid, because not only was he taunting us, but Embiid was just imposing his will. And I don't care right. what people said, that he was swinging at the air when he made contact near Lonzo Ball. I still mm. think that was him sending a message. Yep, fully agree there. And you can't let little slick stuff like that go. We just saw uh, with Jokic and one of the Morris twins, Markeith Morris, these bigs in this league are physical now. We've seen the rule changes. Embiid knows that when it comes down to playoff basketball, he's just going to throw his weight around. And, yeah, he did send a message. But we, we can't let that happen. There was not enough Tony Bradley in this game. We saw Vooch was off. Tony Bradley should have gotten more minutes. Hell, play Tony and Vooch together. Like that, I would have loved, loved to see that just to wear Embiid down a little bit. Yeah, I like that part that you mentioned right there, DC, about wearing Embiid down, right? You can't let this guy do inside, outside, and play to his strengths. We got to force this guy to, you know, um, you know, making it tough on him. And we didn't do that, man. I think the game kind of came too easy for Embiid. I think next time we see these guys, man, we have to. We have to go at him. I hope so, too, but I think it's going to be a nice little matchup as we go on. It could be a budding little rivalry as we go, because you think about it. The game got a little testy. It was physical, so I think we're going to match that the next time we see them. But one thing I would say about this Sixers team, without Ben Simmons, I'm not going to get all into that situation, but you look at that Sixers team. They're a complete team, and they seem to be on the same page. So going forward, I think they got a good formula, and I really would love to see how we're going to match up against them and some of these other big teams, because you saw what we did to those Nets. And that gives me confidence of what we could do in this Eastern Conference, fellas. Yeah, Philly is from top to bottom, especially with the addition of Drummond. They, they, from top to bottom, they really don't have many weaknesses. We are going to have to make sure that we're at the top of our game if we do match up with them in the playoffs, because... Uh, like I said, Embiid's just that type. He's going to throw his weight around. But you got to frustrate him. He's an emotional player. I mean, look at look at what Toronto did a couple of years ago. Kawhi hit that shot, and Embiid was crying. Oh, he's going to cry in the car. Well, Embiid definitely cried in the back <laughs> in the locker room. So, uh, we, we he, cried, he, he cried on the court, walking off the court to his locker room, to his car. <laughs> so to your point, DC, you're right about that one. You got to frustrate that guy and get in his head a little bit. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on that Brooklyn Nets game, because that was the game right there where this Bulls team really showed me something. Chris, this is the game that I was looking for against the 76ers. We came to fight. We came to play. We pushed the pace right along with the Nets, right? And the thing is, we got to a very good start as well in that game, and we finished stronger, even stronger in that game. So I would just say, man, the entire team really came to show up and play the game, and it started with our stars, man, with the Rosen and your boy, man. We just took off. Yeah, DeRozan is, is is playing out of his mind right now to start the season. And Zach is too. And in that Brooklyn game, it was good to see Vucevic get going towards the end there. We yet to see the Bulls have those three guys clicking at the same time. So right. compared to what Brooklyn's got, 
granted, they don't have Kyrie right now. Those two stars, Durant and Harden, I would put money on our three clicking. And, and that's going to give Harden and Durant more problems. I mean, we look at Brooklyn, they're not that great of a rebounding team. We beat them up on the boards in that mm-hmm. game. So, you know, keep keep it going. More of the same. I mean, I didn't expect them to beat them by 23, but, you know, they just flat <laughs> out ran out of gas. <laughs> Brooklyn ran out of gas. Well, but, but to that point, though, D.C., that's what I really enjoyed about this Bulls team is because they run away from teams in that fourth quarter because they outscored the Nets 42 to 17 in the fourth quarter. Because think about it, in the first three quarters of the game, it was pretty close. It was going back and forth. But then we ran them fools out of the gym. And that's what I want us to do. We got a young and explosive team. We got to play to our strengths. No play down to the competition. Play our game. And so to your point, A-Dub, I really like that because that's exactly what we did in this game, especially in that fourth quarter when we blew them dudes out. Absolutely. And salute to Ayo, man. That kid got a lot of energy, man. He does. And energy is a part of the game. You all know that. It makes a difference, man. He'll fight you in shape. You doomed. Run these guys out the gym, man. That's what you're supposed to do with those young legs, like you say. Dude, and he had 11 points in that fourth quarter, and he was going head up with KD. And I was like, man, this kid right here got some stones on him, boy. He got some stones. And yeah, speaking of, of stones, speaking of stones, too, hats off to Javante Green for mm. that tough matchup of having a guard KD. Now, yes, KD sir. got off at 38, but, man, like, we are really playing – undersized at that four position, but Javante Green ain't no hole about it. Like he's he's stepping up. And you know, that's you know, you, you couldn't ask for more. Derek Jones Jr., you know, they're playing power four by committee. Man, IO dude, you, what 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 more can you say? Um man, I just I just can't wait to see Kobe out there with him. You know, play IO and Kobe together, man. That's just gonna be an instant spark plug. Along with Caruso, just we we're really gonna bother teams to get out of their skin even more. So, what I tell y'all, bitch, my three point oh, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I have to touch on this part because I know the fan base has been very critical of Vooch. So even in this ball game, he struggled through the first three quarters of the game. He picked it up down the stretch in that fourth quarter. He was shooting the ball pretty well there. So I'm looking for Vooch to continue to kind of build off of that because we know that he's a good player. It's just he's struggling a little bit. And Zach Levine even said it, too. He said, look, we ride with him. That's our guy. He's going to be okay. So I want to preach to the fan base, be a little patient. The guy will come around. But let's enjoy what we're seeing here because this team is off to a hot start. And imagine the fact that we're doing that with Vooch not even playing at his best right now. Vooch came from Orlando where he was the number one guy over there. He was the guy the ball went through all the time. And now he's sort of taking the back seat, really, being the third or fourth wheel at times on his team. So it's something you got to learn to get used to, accustomed to on this team. Because, you know, last year with Zach being hurt, they really didn't play a lot together, really, to really bridge that gap. So now all of a sudden, you had another third, another score to this mix of it with DeRozan, kind of changed things up a little bit. So, but you're right. Vooch's going to come around. He's got to know how to do more with less. Agreed, A-Dub. And, I just want to send out a PSA to, to all the Bulls fans out there. You know, we, we've suffered for a long time. And I have to remind you, you know, <laughs> we're up right now. But would you rather have Vooch at 50% or playing unlike himself? Or would you rather have Wendell Carter Jr. or Daniel Gafford? <laughs> Well, you know, you know keep what? in mind, we, I like we just had those guys. I like I Gafford, too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the other dude... See, I'm glad they got his ass about it. <laughs> right. It could be a no, lot that's, worse. But, but that was a great point, DC. And I think that's how soon people forget that that's what we had on this roster. 
<laughs> Can't forget about that. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too spoiled. Like, you know, I'd rather take Vooch playing, you know, down, but you know, like, no, not not Wendell. Let's 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 not revisit those things. <laughs> No, thank you. And audience, that will be the last WCJ uh, reference that's ever going to be made on this show, because that just made me upset. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to figure all about that, dude. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but one thing that I want to do, I do want to touch on. Obviously, the Bulls, you know, they have games coming up here, but we got a, a really, really important road trip. And we know that this road trip notoriously in the past, guys, has slipped this organization up. So how are you guys thinking that we're going to be able to perform this year with the road trip? Because we talked about it briefly off air. We talked about the Golden State Warriors are coming up on the schedule, and they're red hot. You know, we got the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to be, we're, they're going to be on the schedule on Wednesday. You got both L.A. teams, the Portland Trailblazers, the Denver Nuggets. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts there because those are a lot of juggernaut heavy hitter teams there in that Western Conference. Well, so far, it looks like the Bulls are, are playing the role of streak busters in the league. I mean, we beat Utah, who was undefeated. You know, Brooklyn came in here 5-0. and They came in hot. We beat them. Uh, Golden State, right now, they're hot. So, so I feel like Friday, the Bulls are going to just, you know, assemble that role again. Of, you know, I, I, I see you. I see your, your, your little streak that you got going there, but... Let me pour some water on that. Let me cool that off a little bit. So it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough matchups. Both LA teams actually are without their 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 star players. We know Kawhi's out, LeBron's sitting out, uh Portland, uh Dame has been off this year. So I don't see a reason why the Bulls lose momentum on this West Coast trip. When you look at some of these teams, we might be catching them at the op- most opportune time with the Lakers, with the Clippers, and with Portland. Because you're right, Dame Lillard is off. It's, yeah, he, them trade rumors must have gotten in his head because there's something not right with Dame right now. But go ahead, Adele, <laughs> my bad. No, no, you're good, man. Them all great points you, you all made. I think the toughest matchup we have is the Warriors, really. The Warriors have been playing very good offensively and defensively. So that's going to be the toughest matchup to see where we are and see how we're up to those guys right there because they're cooking on all cylinders right now. So that's a good challenge there. I'm not too much worried about the Lakers and Clippers, you know. They got their own issues to deal with. I'm not going to make excuses for them. Have we been shorthanded? They're not going to make excuses for us. So I think we got a chance to beat those guys there. And then Portland, I think we're just going to overwhelm them a little bit because I think we just, again, a complete team, much better than them. So how do you defend Steph Curry? He put up 50 the other night. (laughs) (laughs) You you defend Steph Curry the moment that ball is inbound, man. The moment comes in, you stay on him. You got hey. at all costs. Don't let him shoot the ball. Hey, A-Dub, when he's getting out of his car in the parking lot, I want to say Don't let him shoot them little half-court tunnel threes and in, in, in the shoot-around. Don't let him do nothing. Hey, guard guard Riley, guard Aisha. I don't care who you got to guard. <laughs> Get in Steph's head because you, you cannot have Steph Curry going off for 40, 50, 60 points against these Bulls. And we did not forget what the Warriors did to us uh, just a few short months ago when there were no fans. You know, we were coming back after the bubble. Warriors hit that game one and three. And yep. uh, this is another revenge game. So so we definitely got to amp up our defense. Because Golden State, Steve Kerr, to his credit, he's got these boys playing really good defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
No, that's a hell of a point, DC, because he really does. And that's that's going to be a really good test, I think, because I love the way that our team runs and passes the ball, keeps the ball moving. But that Warriors team plays the same damn way. They will get that ball going and swinging around the perimeter in some way. They always find Steph Curry, and they always rub and get him a, a look. He, they, they, you can blitz this guy off the screen and roll, and he'll still find a way to either get the shot or he'll get in the lane and throw a little teardropper on you. It's like it's just tough to defend that guy because you can blitz him, he'll get to the cup. But if you give him a, a crack of space, he's going to fucking J you. I'm just curious to see what Billy Donovan does against that matchup because I'm assuming that Lonzo Ball has to open up on Steph. I will say this about Lonzo Ball. He's going to have to stay real close and fight over those screens because you know they're coming. Draymond Green, love to set screens, love to make good passes to Steph Curry. they always looking for him, man. And so that 24 shot clock is up, you know? So you got to really stay on him, man, at all times. Well, audience, before we get out of here, we know that the Bears suffered another loss here, fourth in a row against the Steelers. We're not going to belabor that point. They got to buy a week. They need to rest. And we need to rest from talking about them too much. But on this part of the segment here, we wanted to give our version of what the Bears should stop, start, and continue to be doing once they resume playing ball. So I think what we need to do as a team is to stop getting out to slow starts. We did it again in this game on Monday night, and it was a tale of two halves once again. That first half, the offense wasn't doing jack shit, and the defense was giving up touchdowns, right? By the time they woke up, it was too late. We're a three and six ball club. We're not good enough to be able to afford coming back from 14 to 20 point deficits. You know, it's the same thing that happened to us again at Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So we need to stop getting out to slow starts to begin these games. I think, Press, we need to stop doing, man. We need to stop picking up these darn penalties because these penalties are hurting the game. It really does, man. It slows us down. It causes not to complete drives because of that. So we got to do a better job when it comes down to these penalties. I think we need to start holding these players more accountable for the mistakes that are being made on the field. So the one thing that you mentioned, A-Dub, is you talked about the penalties, right? So the personal fouls, the lining up offsides, being out of position on defense, not lining up correctly. Again, we're a three and six ball club. We're in no position to be able to afford these penalties and the yards that we're giving away from that. So we got to hold these guys accountable, even if it has to be playing time. I don't care what your status is on this ball club. If you're making mistakes at a cost in the team, you need to be held accountable for doing so. Absolutely. Got to be held accountable. What I think we should start doing, friends, start letting Justin Fields do more. He's shown growth. I think we need to let him just go ahead and go all out and be himself. You know, let's not hold him back any longer, really. We've been letting him do a couple of things. Now we just really need to let him just really be loose, friends. I think the kid got it. Yeah, and because that's my continue point, A-Dub. As I say, we got to continue to let this kid loose. I mean, Justin Fields, in that Monday night game, he showed everybody why he is going to be that future franchise quarterback for us. He's special. He made special plays there in that second half. So continue to turn him loose. It was encouraging to see how well he played. Not just that he played well in that ball game, but he played well on the road. Considering, and I want audience to think about this, some of the poor performances that he had earlier in the season were when he was on the road, that Cleveland game, the Tampa game. So continue to turn this kid loose. This season is all about his development, in my opinion. And so this kid looks every bit the franchise quarterback that we all think that he is going to be. Absolutely, Perez. I have no doubts in Justin Fields. 
kid going to be great. But I want us to continue doing, because we know this kid is excellent in what he's doing. Hey, man, let's continue running the football effectively. You know, we've done a pretty decent job on um, this first half of the season. So I would just say, hey, let's continue at that. All right, audience, final segment time. If this city could talk. And I'm going to keep this one short and to the point. This goes out to some people that I know that got scammed paying for parking at the game three of the White Sox game against the Astros at Guaranteed Ray Field. So if this city could talk, it would tell people, if you're going to spend three to $400 on playoff tickets to go to a game, park in the official parking lot. Don't try to cut corners and save a couple dollars because those same people ended up getting tickets. So they paid $40 for somebody that was scamming out there by the different lots claiming that they worked in that spot. They didn't. They got about three grand off of people and then bounced up out of there and then all those people got tickets. So if the city could talk, just pay an official lot, pay attention to who you're giving your money to, and don't be cheap. Absolutely, Perez, like that. If this city can talk, it will say, hey, the holidays are coming up. We got Thanksgiving, Christmas, of course, New Year's. Hey, look, it's a good time for him to be thankful. It's a good time for him to be happy. It's a good time to be blessed and be with family. So definitely enjoy your moments and be careful out there. Great points, guys. And if this city could talk, just to piggyback off of A-Dub's point, the holidays are coming up. So you do want to make sure that you manage your stress levels because as we're meeting with family, sometimes we're meeting with people we don't necessarily want to be around, if we could just be honest here. But you got to remember the reason for the season. And personally, you know, as, you, as, you, as you're going to and fro, especially, you know, I don't know why the Illinois Department of Transportation likes to do these things, but, you know, start working on roads and streets at, you know, times that make no sense, like when people have to go get their kids from school and you're shutting down lanes and rerouting lanes like on Kennedy, the Washington, and doing all this other crazy nonsense. Why don't you just turn on like 93.9, listen to some holiday music. So again, if this city could talk, manage your stress levels and enjoy these next few months. Hell yeah, man. To both of you guys' points there, because we've struggled a lot these last 18 months. A lot was taken from us. I'm really looking forward to these holidays and being able to reconnect with friends and family that I wasn't able to see last year during the holidays. So I appreciate the sentiment very much, guys. Audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. Please join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app is available on Apple and Android applications. We are the Chicago State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. You asked all my teammates, the one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.